So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. It's Friday! <laughs> Yay, it's Friday! How's your week been? <sighs> That's all I can do. <gasps> like one of those. <laughs> no. one, of, one of those really? weeks. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just, we were sort of saying that we want to do all the fun stuff, but then we do all the fun stuff and we still have lots of commitments. <laughs> so yeah. when, oh, I don't know, there's nothing I want to say no to. It's not like... Mm. I needed to just say no. I just, yeah, I've just agreed to do too much. But as this goes out, I'm going to be stunning myself on in Marrakesh with no children and friends. And it's yeah, going to be got, so nice. You've got a lovely weekend ahead, which is so nice. And it's really important that you take that time and have some space away from the kids. And yes. just away from life. You know, you never stop. Every single hour of your day is taken up yeah. with, you know, your other work commitments, the kids, made by mamas, you know, yeah. being a wife, looking after exactly. the hat. Like it is never ending for you. So it's important that you let your hair down this weekend and have a few I Moroccan know. cocktails. I can't wait. Although, do you know, know what the girls that I'm going with I mean famous last words they're not that majorly boozy if I was with <laughs> some other friends I'd be dreading it already because I'd know what I'd be coming home to or home with <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping I it's not going to be like that but you know what I haven't been abroad without the kids for six years wow really? no not six years no no not six years no no that's a lie for <laughs> Five years because the last time I went on a girls' trip abroad, I, we went to Barcelona and I didn't know I was pregnant with Gigi and I was a mess. Oh, yes, that's yeah. when there's that photograph of you slumped outside your hotel room in the corridor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of my friends, um, we found her like outside our apartment, well, like a part hotel thing, soaking wet, like she'd been drowned, and she has no idea how it happened. Wow. When so, girl, when mums go wild. Yeah, it was one of those. <laughs> anyway, it's not going to be like that. But how, how are you? How's your week been? Uh, my week has been excellent. It has had a little <sighs> bit of everything. I've had a couple of days on breakfast, which is really fun. We got to interview Ian Sterling. We got to chat Ooh. to the amazing chef, Tom Kerridge. He was hilarious. Um, I had to feed him ox tongue when he was blindfolded live on air. <laughs> oh, my ox gosh. tongue. And the whole ox tongue was there in front of me. So that was quite entertaining. <laughs> don't eat it. I, I don't. I don't recommend it. Um, and then a bit of um, kid stuff. I got fitted for Ascot, so I'm going next week. So that's that's really that's nice. I've got myself a nice Gigi nice. outfit. Um, and then lots of kid time. I don't know what I. I feel like I'm in this really beautiful space with the with the kids where I am enjoying. I'd say 95% of parenting at the moment and wow. hasn't happened. It really hasn't happened to date. So I'm relishing every second. Like kids being really great and listening and really affectionate I don't know there's something we talk about it on the podcast don't we about that mother-son relationship mm. which is really filling me up Luna is just seems to have come on in leaps and bounds and is like reading her first chapter book about 
you know, some naughty little sister and is really loving that. And we read, you know, just, I don't know, she just seems to be a bit more mature. Yeah. No, no, no. I can, I, I feel the same actually. The kids, Do you? Yeah. The kids are being really good. I'm really enjoying like time with them. And that part of my life actually feels quite nice really yeah like it's not I mean the only thing actually I mentioned it on Instagram this week but they're waking up late <laughs> oh, which God. is something I wished for yeah for, we were going back five years ago and you could listen to yeah. the podcast of us going they yeah. wake up so early I know but now I'm like no 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 we need to you need to wake up earlier so what time are they waking up like I'm having to wake them up for school what yeah I, I didn't think that existed I, I didn't think that was a thing. Like when people used to tell me that, I used to be like, "Well, you—I mean, that is just a lie. It's a, just a lie. It doesn't happen. It's That's not amazing, real. George. So, it's so not, we're, sti- we're still between five amazing. and six every single morning, and we've got no—we've yeah. um, got no blinds or curtains in in, in our room and or in our bathroom. So yeah. the sun is obviously waking us up super early. And then last night, me and Dodd were in the shower, just having a shower, by the way, and. Um, <laughs> And then the lady opposite us, they've just moved in. Out she, she, out she tottered to shut her gate. <laughs> and I just waved at her completely naked. Like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, if I shoot to the floor, it could be really dangerous for my knee. So I was just like, hello. <laughs> oh my God. They're going to think you're like nudists or something. We're the naked neighbours. Yeah, you are. You're that naked family next door. Oh, oh my God. Goodness. We're the naked guy from Friends. <laughs> Anyway, hopefully it wasn't too upsetting for them and they'll still want to pop round for a drink at the weekend. I'll let you know how that goes. They turn up in no clothes, then you know what sort of impression you set. Imagine. We're nudists. They just turn up to the door, like start naked. That'd be interesting. (laughs) Oh God. But away from nudity and on to Friday's Q&A, because this one is going to be a great one. Um, We obviously had a beautiful conversation with Louis Weinstock this week, all about um, the pressures of social media, you know, raising our kids in the, the world that is 2023 and uh, it was it was good because I think you and I got a lot of stuff off our chest a lot of our yeah. concerns you know we've just been saying that things are really going well with the kids at the moment but that doesn't take away you know the potential worry and the things that might happen that's what I was going to say mm. I mean like I feel like as they get older the problems get a bit scarier and a bit bigger and while on the surface they're behaving themselves and they listen and they sleep and they eat and they do all that kind of stuff you have this thing hanging over you of like am I doing this right? Like, is this the right thing to be doing? Because it almost impacts them more, I guess, like our actions now than when they were smaller. Um, But also, I don't know about you, but when we were talking to Louis, I didn't realise how scared I was about certain things (laughs) until I started talking about it. And I think that's why we wanted to do this Q&A because we wanted you guys to share your fears as well and so that we can kind of try and unpick them all together and also just know that we're not alone and we're all thinking the same thing. Yeah, 100%. So today's Q&A, things that we are most scared of getting wrong in parenting. Georgia, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'm going to kick us off with this one. And there are a few along these lines. People worrying about bringing their kids up to have a good relationship with food and to avoid getting eating disorders there's lots of people here who have you know had eating disorders themselves and they they want to get it right for their kids um and I know that's something obviously that that you've been through Mm -hmm. yeah it's a bit it's a big it's a big worry for me actually and I think because I've got 
um, three very different eaters. You know, the girls have a real sort of deep understanding about, you know, good food and, you know, the, the, the foods aren't necessarily that good for you if you eat them all the time. So they've got that level of understanding. Whereas Kit, I mean, as you know, allergic to fruit and veg. So my concern with him that he's, you know, I, I, I find it so difficult getting the right foods into him to begin with. So I try not to show my panic around that. But really, mm. my worry long term is I, look, my mom was an amazing mother, but she she had hangups about food. She still does and she's 75. And that massively impacted me. It massively impacted my weight, um, you know, how I viewed certain foods, you know, all the restricting, the over-exercising. And I don't think the messaging was there growing up. Maybe it was a generational thing. Um, yeah. I, I'm not blaming them in any way, but it was like there wasn't that understanding about like, you know, I didn't know about proteins or carbohydrates or, you know, fruits or what certain vegetables did for you. And I'm trying really hard to have those gentle messages, those gentle conversations with the kids now just to yeah. drop them in and like going around the supermarket and being like, right, who can get a broccoli now? What's broccoli? You know, you know, what are the benefits of eating green leafy? Vet? Like we have those chats and yeah. it may seem a bit extreme, but I think maybe that's how to do it differently to how I had it delivered to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think about this all the time because I grew up where like my mum and my nan were huge influences in my life and they didn't have a bad relationship with food. Like food was just food. Like there was no good food, no bad food. Like it was just food and you just ate. And I have a good relationship with food now like I'm I eat everything there isn't anything I don't eat like I've never restricted food really you know like I, I've always yeah. been fine but I went to a stage school where I saw lots of people who had the same you know same influences at home still struggle with eating disorders yeah so I find it difficult and so what I try to do to be honest with you is basically just eat well myself yeah <laughs> like in front of them mm -hmm. I don't ever say in front of them like oh no I'm not going to have a dessert I'm trying to be good you know I never say anything like that yep. I just yeah agreed let them be like because I, I do think like this whole intuitive eating thing I want them to be able to do that but I yep. think our generation has had so much stuff put into their brains that it's really hard for us to do it mm -hmm. whereas like our kids know like I, don't, I never say to the kids, oh, no, you can't have that. Oh, that's really bad. You can't have that. That's not good for you. I just go, yeah, fine, because they actually work it out themselves. Like, Axel knows if he's had a burger for lunch, like at school, I'd be like, what did you have for lunch? He'll he have a burger or whatever. And then we went to the gym the other day. I said, oh, what, what do you want for dinner? Are we eating then? He was like, oh, I just fancy some chicken and salad. And I was like, <laughs> wow. But it's, I think it's, I think it, at that age, it becomes... They know if they eat too much sugar or if they eat too, they, they feel crap and they kind of know it. So I can't, I'm kind of taking their lead, I'd say, with it. Whereas Axel's like Gigi, a 26-year-old yeah. personal yeah, trainer. Is. Yeah, he is. No, like yeah. It's just yeah. a bit of chicken and salad for me. Yeah, just chicken and salad. I yeah. think it's fine. but I And I, and I really love that that way of, of doing things. But my, my worry is the sugar because I, I, I can't get my head around the amount of sugar that is readily available mm. for our kids. And it's a lot more than when I was a kid. I mean, we used to go to the the tuck shop or the sweet shop in in Cranbrook while I was at school, and that what that would happen once a week, and we might get twenty penny sweets, and that was our lot. Like they 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 they're like they, they you know I see them eating bags and bags of Haribo after school chocolate mm. biscuits, you know white bread something like well, it is a lot. And my kids, they are pro, you know they they kids are sugar addicts. 
Yeah, is, so Isla, is. I've noticed it. Is yeah. a she is addicted to sugar. Luna, not so much. She's not that bothered. She'd rather have sushi. Well done, mm. Luna. But I have to. Re- I do say to them, look, Friday night's movie night. You can eat. You can have sweets, popcorn. You can have whatever you want on Friday night, chocolates. But during the week, I try to put a bit of a sugar ban on things at home because I just notice a massive, massive drop in their behaviour. Yeah, Kit can't handle it. He has these ma- major meltdowns. I call it the red fog, where I just see him go. He, he looks like he's been possessed. So mm. um, I do try and do that, and I do say to them, the reason that I'm doing that is because sugar on that level, it for me, it should not be eaten or consumed every single day like that. That's yeah, just, no, that's no, just... no. I agree with you. I'm, I do the same, but I just don't say it. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Okay. I just, yeah. I, I just don't talk about it. I literally just. We have like um, Natalie who picks them up from school. She has like this snack pouch thing, and I put a few things in there after you know that they can have after school and sometimes that might be like a little packet of jammy dodgers but then equally sometimes that has like the little thing with the carrots and the hummus in it like it is I just vary it I just don't talk about it I think I think that's more yeah I don't know anyway this is the thing isn't it we're just trying to navigate (laughs) navigate and we got no idea but it's good to know that so many people also have that fear and I guess we just got to keep having the conversations and you know just 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 normalize it do do we know what impact that's going to have long term probably not exactly so Zoe says I'm really worried about passing on my anxiety to my daughter having Mm. worked on it for years with my therapist I'm really concerned I totally get this yes absolutely million percent get this um do you suffer from anxiety George um I don't know if I suffer from anxiety I can be I can get quite overwhelmed I think sometimes Mm. um but I know that Axel picks up on that like a million right. percent, I know he does. So I feel I I feel exactly the same as this as this person because it's difficult when it's really hard, isn't it? Because do you hide things from your kids? Because well, you know everyone probably has certain feelings that they don't want their kids to feel. Mm. But then how do you hide that? Like that's really hard to do. Like if I'm especially in the mornings at the moment, like I just said, we're rushing about. I've got millions things to do. Axel feels that tension and then he's quite anxious in general and he never wants to be late and he never wants I mean I hate being late as well but and and that has rubbed off on him so I don't I don't know the answer but I do feel the same well I guess I guess for you guys maybe it's about waking them up half an hour earlier if that is something that if if the mornings are too rushed and you're Mm. seeing that Axel is noticing that there is a lot of rushing going on maybe it's like as opposed to letting them sleep till eight o'clock maybe you have to wake them up at 7 30 because I know that we have way too like too much time in the morning. In fact, someone messaged me today being like, how can you guys be out in the garden having a game of netball when, <laughs> and Luna's eating sushi um, when we're like <laughs> rushing out the time do- for her. But that's because they get up at 5.45 or 6 yeah. o'clock every single day. We're downstairs having our breakfast at 6.30. We don't have to leave for the school run till 8.30. Oh, wow. Yeah, you have loads of time. Loads of time. But I mm. know that if, I know that if I'm stressed or I'm, I've got loads to do, I need to get myself ready before I even handle the kids. And that's about mm. me getting up earlier and getting myself ready for the day before they enter my world type feeling. Mm. Um, I think the anxiety thing is different. I've noticed um, slightly with Luna that she has become completely obsessed with what she wears. 
And I'm wondering if anyone's nodding that their kids are also going through this incredibly particular about the clothes that she wants to select. I think I spoke about this that the, yeah. the overwhelm was way too much before. So now we have a thing where we, if you know, it's the weekend, she likes to lay her clothes, go through what she's going to wear and lay them out the night before. It seems like a small thing, but it's definitely alleviated her anxiety and stress around choosing outfits yeah I, I think that's actually a really good thing to do like I think it's about putting things in place so for you if you you know you you suffer from anxiety I think you have to look after you first it's that whole thing isn't it of putting your oxygen mask on first and, oh, then, yeah. you, and then you help others I think that if you're worried about passing on anxiety to your children then I think you need to model like almost model the behavior so do those things that help you first and then in turn that helps them I'm the same I mean Axel is genuinely anxious about lateness like Mm -hmm. my dad is though it's really weird yeah um he's like if we had a train to catch the next day he would be like worrying about um, it. Yeah, what well, what time are we going to leave? And da, 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 and I am like that. <laughs> like in my head, I'm the same as that. Yeah. Okay, um, but now I have to basically just put out there things like, right, this is what we're going to do. Like we're going to wake up and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and then we're going to get there and almost like talk through what's going to happen before it reaches that anxious stage yes um so I do I think yeah it's like that just that whole modeling behavior thing isn't it it's it's like doing the right thing you first and then hopefully they copy yeah and also explaining to them you know anxiety is not something that we should be brushing under the carpet you know like historically we never had these conversations I think you know if your if your child is of an age where they can understand it break it down to them in layman's terms and say you know mummy mummy does feel a bit worried and does get a little bit you know inside I get those feelings right here and I get a bit worried about x Mm. y and z and you know that's just what I'm coping with and what I'm trying to feel better about and like then they can understand it you know because it's a normal feeling and it's a normal feeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where should we go? It's always a bit. This is from Georgie. I'm worried about pretty much messing up everything. Oh, Georgie. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. Fucking up our kids is my thing that I think about the most. Oh, no. God. This is interesting. This is from Gemma. My daughter's not speaking to me about problems, worries. Oh, this is what she's worried about. My daughter's yeah. not speaking to me about problems and worries when they get older. I want to be their best friend. Now, that's an interesting statement because mm. we, we do have these conversations quite quite a lot where we're like, are we their best friend or are we their parent? And can we be both? Yeah. And I, I don't know because I grew up with a best friend and all I wanted was a mother. Yeah. I wanted somebody to set the boundaries. There were no boundaries. I mm. could do what I want wanted when I wanted it. Even though it was the fun house, I, I was craving somebody like pulling the brakes, putting the brakes on a bit and saying, hang on a minute, you can't behave like that. Cause I went off the rails. Mm. Um, and that's cause my mum was like, Oh cool. Have a party. You want to go up to your dad's office and just be up there all night kissing boys. Do what you like. And I was like, and oh, hang on a minute. Isn't someone going to say that I can't do that? Yeah. No. Yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> it's hard. I think this is really hard because I I actually look back on my teenage years and my mum definitely wasn't my best friend then. No. She is now. She's not yeah. then. And I think maybe that's something that like to think about like every fet like each part of each stage of your kid's life is like a chapter isn't it and so we might not be their best friend all the time but Mm. ultimately like if that's where you want to get to that's where you want to get to but I think that comes and I do think like if you if you want your kids to talk to you I mean Louis mentioned it didn't he on on the podcast you have to almost like not be shocked by stuff yes so 
you know, whatever that is, and I guess we start now, don't we? Like I ask Axel things that happened at school and yeah. I, I try to never be shocked. No. I just try to go, oh, that, you know, oh, that's interesting. Or like, oh, yeah, well, how did you feel? feel? Yeah. Or, and I never go yeah. like, oh my God, that's really bad. Why did that person do that? I never do that now. Mm. Um, whereas that would probably be like my jerk, you know, that would be my natural reaction. I think it's interesting, the best friend thing, because I'm. this is the way that I like to see it in my head. I don't know if it's right or not, where I think, if I'm their best friend, I want I want my kids to talk to me about anything. But at the mm. same time, I've got to be able to tell them the difference between right or wrong or try and navigate it with them and try and set those boundaries for them. Now, if they're your best friend, imagine me and you are best mates and yeah. you're telling me everything, but then I'm telling you off or telling you you can't do something. That friendship's going to get really muddied because it's like, hang on a minute, how can a best friend be saying to me, you know, that I'm not allowed to do that or what I've done is wrong or I need to act in a different way. Like, it's very di- it's very difficult when a friendship, yes, you want to have a friendship with your children, of course you do, but you also want to be there as their, like, strength and sword. You want to be there to whatever they've done, you've got to be able to look at it and be like, I need to get a hold of this. Yeah, you want, you want them to in a crisis when they're older to not be like oh my god don't tell my mom no you want to be like oh my god I need to tell my mom so yes. she can help me like yes that's what that that's the ultimate isn't it yeah. I think that's how I want to be I don't want I, w- I want them to come to me in a crisis I want I want them to be able to and me like but and I yeah I, I guess I don't know how old this um person's kids are Gemma I don't know how old your kids are but I'm starting to try and do things like that now whereas yep. I mean I mentioned a few quote a few months ago Axel bit someone at school I don't double punish he gets punished he got punished at school for it I'm not going to punish at home and he was genuinely scared to tell us about it and that was a real like moment for me because I thought oh my god I don't want him to be scared to come home and tell us what he's done so then I made sure I didn't double punish him because he'd already been punished at school and so then I didn't then want to then come down really hard at home about it when he was already scared to tell me so I just said listen you're not gonna you know you're not gonna get in trouble if you tell me like you wrote basically you're only going to get in trouble if you don't tell me yeah yeah so um yeah I think it's just little things like that and don't get me wrong like there's going to be times when that doesn't happen but I think you'll know you'll know when you need to come down on your kids and you'll know when you don't need to um and I think it's about finding that balance that they're not scared but you are setting boundaries 100% we'll be right back after this short break Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? This is from Lucy. My feral, strong-willed, impulsive little boy ending up in prison. Seriously, though, this is my biggest fear. So this is really interesting because I also have a fear of Kit going out on a Friday and Saturday night, getting into a fight. Fight. Oh, my God. Getting into a fight and doing, you know, we've all seen that documentary one killer punch I mean it literally has disturbed me ever since I watched it but that is as easy as it happens now what do we say to our what do we say to our children do we turn around to them and say you walk away when if someone's hit you do you walk away you know if you see something kicking off do you just get your mates and get out of there or do you you know protect yourself I mean what is the right language and then they they end up getting into a scenario where yeah they get arrested and they end up in prison that is that is and and really we're talking about potentially maybe boys more over girls but obviously not not excluding the girls in this it's a really difficult one I heard Kit talking yesterday and he was going 
oh, um, remember that little boy that was really mean um, mean to me? This happened like two years ago when Kip was about three and he brought it up the other day. He goes, that little boy that was really mean to me, he goes, well, I'm big now. I'm going to punch him right in the face. And I was like, Kit, I was like, that is not what we do. But that's instinctively yeah. what he thinks he has to do to protect himself. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, I totally get that. As <laughs> soon as you said about the fights thing, that is a huge fear for me. And I remember being at sixth form and boys coming in with broken jaws yeah. after a Saturday night. Yeah. I, I, on, like I can't, I can't get those like those pictures out of my head. Of I remember not. every weekend at parties, the boys used to have these mammoth fights. Yeah, and it was awful, awful, absolutely awful. And and it, uh, then obviously you don't realise how bad that can be. Like you say, like one punch, you could kill somebody. Like and then that's it. That's your life over. Um. So yeah, it's I horrendous. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. I actually mean sort of James butt heads on this sometimes because I'm of the opinion that two wrongs don't make a right. So if someone punches you, then yeah, it might be in your instinct to punch back, but what good is going to come from that? No, like, you're right. Surely you need to just walk away. Like walk and and also I sort of feel like if someone's picking on you, they want you to retaliate. So sometimes is it best not to? and just walk away because then do they get bored I don't know if you're being consistently you know if you're see, if you're being consistently targeted mm. let's say Dozza says to me well if anyone's being consistently targeted the only way to stand up to somebody like that is to show force back yeah. and that's what he says so mm. then I'm like, like James, I, d- yeah. I don't know I, oh god I know I don't know I just try, I basically I'm just trying to stay away <laughs> from all kinds of like that. danger danger really yeah. if I'm but then I I don't know. I'll watch Axel. I, I watched him on Monday, actually. I went to watch him play football after school. I haven't done that. I never really go to the games. It's always been James, but he's not around to do it now. And I saw he's actually can be quite aggressive back to people. Hmm. And so I sort of feel like if they get it out of their system in the right way like that, does that show you can't mess with me? But I just don't like the playground stuff, like hmm. where punching and hitting and all that in the playground. Because I think, well, what? what does that solve I don't know what that solves and then even even to, to, to obviously take it to the next level yeah. we're not talking about playground we're talking about 18, 19, 20 where does years that go? old on, exactly. a, on a weekend yeah. where does that go I just I don't know I think if, if we're telling our kids to hit back or whatever is that just encouraging that whole thing <laughs> Yeah. To just, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I feel you. I'm, I'm exactly the same. I'm really worried about that kind of thing. Gemma's one's interesting. Worried about them having a low opinion of themselves and anxiety, depression with social media. It's obviously something we were discussing on Tuesday with Louis. So that's quite relevant. I mean, that's uh, we 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 had we had that incredible woman on the podcast whose daughter was being so you know oh, so gosh, badly bullied. Uh, she had so yeah she had such a low opinion of herself. She developed extreme depression and basically said she was going to kill herself. Mm. And that is that is an extreme case, but that could quite possibly happen. And then you only have to you know once they get to a certain age and they've got phones and they're in their room, how are you supposed to control what they're looking at apart from setting there's the parental no gang? But there's no escape from it. Yeah, I I think about the whole confidence and having a lowest low um, self esteem thing quite a lot because. In my mind, I think, well, I'm going to boost them up 
as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Because in my, I think, well, if you fill them up as much as you possibly can, and then there are going to be setbacks, you know, people are going to be mean, and then that might take some of it away slightly. At least it's still going to be up. So Mm. I will probably almost over... (laughs) overindulge them no like but because I do think like it's better to be overconfident at at a young age because your confidence gets knocked so Mm. surely I don't know if we if we talk also again like if we say really good things about each other in front of them Mm. like I'm I'll always say something really good about Gigi in front of Axel and I'll do vice versa I always say good things about James you know we try and do that with each other so that they know that it's good to big other people up and pay other people compliments and say good things about them and that feels really nice and then it's also I also tell them themselves like that was that was really good what did you think about that how did that make you feel like were you really happy when you were doing that like just all of those sorts of things so that they have a lot of confidence now and I'm aware that when uh, you know other factors come into it that I can't control I've sort of done the bit I I could do yeah um but yeah I mean minefield yeah it is an absolute minefield this is interesting this is from Frankie my marriage sounds bleak but I'm surrounded by divorce and I don't want that for my kids that is interesting Mm. It yeah, is. so so obviously we, we've got two different setups at home where we've got Luna and Kit who, yeah, it's not been plain sailing for Dozer and I, I've spoken about it before, but, you know, we're still together. Um, Isla, on the other hand, comes from a family, you know, who her parents aren't together any longer. So we've got kind of both sides of the coin. And I know exactly what I try and understand how Isla feels that we try and show her that even though her parents aren't together, that they created her when they were in love and they still love each other and they did it, you know, and they would never turn the clock back and do it any differently that the best thing about them meeting and being together was her. And so Mm -hmm. she understands that sometimes, look, love doesn't work out, but yet she was created in such a beautiful, loving environment and that's try that you know she asks a lot of questions around wh- why her mum and dad aren't together um so i have i face that c- quite a lot with her but then she sees Dozer and i who are who are madly in love and i think just because divorce has happened around you 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 know it it's not a reflection on what all love looks like and that conversation yeah. if your child is able to have those conversations you know keep talking to them about it and just mm. explaining that sometimes people meet and fall in love and it doesn't work out but you know what they always come from love they understand what love is because you love them yeah you know that's so true and actually somebody else has put here I would hate for them to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't treat them well yeah. and I think there's a real thing isn't there about oh you know broken homes broken homes broken homes but actually is it better to like show that you don't have to stay in a you know in a relationship that's not working out yeah and actually that is life like it, things don't always work out but I think it's more rather than being really scared that your marriage is going to break down just just know that you would be okay if it did and you would know how to handle it in the, the right way so it doesn't affect your kids too much because mm. I think I don't know we'll have seen it loads with our parents generation and generations before that staying together they stay together and then they're not happy mm. so 
Oh, yeah, I, I know I know what you mean. And I'm I'm literally from a, a family where nobody has ever been divorced. Like my nana granddad, my auntie and uncle. Like honestly, it's That's why men- you haven't left Judgy James it's, yet. It is. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> it is that. And I and I do like that in some ways. And I like the fact that, you know, they you they show you have to work through things. But I do think there is something in the fact that it's actually fine to to say that things don't work out and i would i would hate for axel or Gigi to be feel like they're in a marriage and that they're trapped i would oh absolutely God. hate that that's yeah. my you know worst nightmare mm. so i think as long as they know and, and like nowadays like everybody talks about different family setups and it isn't just this you know mum dad two kids thing it's just mm. not mm. so hopefully as our kids get older they won't there won't be that like they, mm. they, they won't feel those, those sort of they won't feel those things that they have to stay or they have mm. to be in a certain relationship mm. yeah so, as long as they understand I think understanding yeah. love is a big understanding like you say, like, exactly. love is a big is a big thing yeah. um uh, this is from Samantha. My children just remembering me when I'm cross with them. Samantha, you and I are spirit animals. I think I spent the first four years of parenting just being fucking cross. Cross, uh, a lot of the time I was very angry. Not all the time, but a lot of the time I was really shouty, being shouty mom and not able to control my own emotions. I was going through the menopause. You know, I was my marriage was on the rocks big time. We were in lockdown. Like it was bad and I was really not that stable and my kids at their sort of you know really I guess pinnacle year like you know they were forming as little humans and there was me just constantly breaking down and crying in front of them or shouting and I just I really look back at that time and wish I'd handled things differently but all I can say is that I genuinely don't think they'll remember it we will remember it we're the ones that will have to um you know process it and deal with how we behaved and that's fine and actually we did it for for a very good reason by the way no one else has ever experienced lockdown and gone through what we've gone through but also you cannot have light without dark I'm sure that Samantha you are the most loving kind incredible mother who's very gentle and laughs a lot but sometimes you get a bit fucking cross yeah exactly <laughs> of course and, you do. and also I think do you know what the fact that everybody is sending in their worries and you know the things that they're worried about it literally just shows that you care yeah <laughs> and ultimately what do kids need love care you know affection all of that stuff to feel like safe and yeah. so if we're all worried in a, in a certain way we're all you're actually already probably all doing yeah. a really good job. Should we do one more? Because, yeah, let's do one. Should we do one more? Yeah, you take the last There are one actually for. loads of it. Like you've just said, there's so many about people saying, I was a shouty mum until they were four yeah. and I worried that. I, I, I just, yeah, I think the fact that we're all worrying about it. There's actually a few of these. I really don't want my kids to do drugs, but they're everywhere. And then someone else has put drug abuse. The thought of my kids trying them absolutely petrifies me. How to oh educate. Oh, me too. God. Oh, my God, me too. Because you know so. what? Leah Betts's dad. Remember Leah Betts? That really sad story about that girl that died when she took ecstasy for the first time. She drank too much water and she basically drowned. She drowned yeah. herself. And her father came to speak in our school when, when I was 14, her poor dad and she he released those photographs of her hooked up to the Mm -hmm. machine it's like yeah it it is everywhere and I think I think it would be stupid to think that our kids at some point are not going to be offered drugs yeah and it's how they deal with that 
And it's yeah. the conversations that we have before it. It's about educating them. It's about telling them about the drugs. You know, it's, you, you can't, not, I mean, there was no conversation about drugs in my house. And of course I got to Ibiza and was just like, <laughs> woohoo, let's do all the drugs. So I was like, I feel like I took all the drugs and then realized, oh, hang on yeah. a minute, this is probably not the right thing to do. This isn't the right path. Yeah. No, do you know, it's really interesting you just say about um, Leah Betts' dad coming into your school, because when I was, I think I was about 14, my mum's friend's daughter did didn't wake up after taking an ecstasy tablet and she died and oh I because that was probably right at the time 14 15 when mm. well I mean people were smoking weed and stuff like that yeah. but you know not people weren't doing like really hardcore drugs then and it was just probably as we were approaching just before approaching that time mm. and I remember just my mum just telling me and she she wasn't uh, like, you mustn't do this type of person. She was very much like, listen, like if you do these things, then you've got to know that there are consequences. Look, here's the consequence. And I remember her looking me in the eye and going, you are all we have. I really remember it. Actually, makes me feel quite emotional. Oh I remember her being like, Georgia, you're all we have. Like, and I, and then I, and it really hit me because I thought, fuck, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm was the only child. So I, it felt like mm. no way I couldn't do that. And I'm not saying emotional. that that's mm. going to work for everybody, but I do think, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Cause it's like, if you go, you mustn't do this, you mustn't do that. It makes mm. people want to do things even more. <laughs> Mm. Um, but I think yeah these stories like all of that kind of stuff we just have to show them and also there's so many people now talking about drug like being drug abuse and drug addiction and all that kind of stuff and I think if they hear those stories that it's not glamorous um, that then they can make their own choices and actually I think there are a lot more you know from when we when we were kids I mean you only have to look at smoking everyone smoked when I was a kid Mm -hmm. as a teenager everyone was smoking now they're not I mean my cousins are 18 and 20 they wouldn't touch a cigarette yeah. as far as you could throw that like there'd be no way on their agenda and that's because yeah. we you know the, um, her their parents have had the conversation with them about what it does we know now what it can do a lot more than maybe we did back then yeah so yeah it's just about having those open and honest conversations but oh god let's just keep <gasps> checking back in on all of this i need to yeah. go and have a therapy session me too <laughs> wow i'm really scared no no i feel i do feel better i feel better i just need to remember all these things um when they come up as well yeah 100 thank you so much for sending in all of your questions today sorry that we couldn't get through all of them but please please keep checking back in with these Friday Q&As. Um, I actually had a call with somebody, a lovely girl called Katie yesterday, who's been an avid listener to the podcast since the beginning. And she said that she goes, she's a big runner. And she says that she listens to these Friday Q&As and they get her through her runs and they're her favourite part of the week. So thank you to Katie and thank you to all of you who keep listening week after week. We love you. We've loved this Q&A, haven't we? So if you've got any topics you'd like us to cover on these Friday Q&As like this, or if you'd like us to cover any of this other stuff a bit more in yeah. depth, get an expert on then please, we welcome your feedback. Just drop us a message on at Made by Mamas on Instagram. Yeah, and also, if you could please um, rate, review, subscribe and give the podcast a little follow, that would be amazing. And we'll be back on Tuesday. Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group.